Hey everybody, my name is Jamie Duke. And I'm Joe Fondo. I want to welcome you back to our podcast, The Towel in the Basin. And today we're actually going to be looking at uh, some user questions. Hmm. Uh, user questions, some listener questions <laughs> for our software, users for our software. Yeah. Some listener questions for our podcast. And so um, if you have a question, you can go to jamiedu.com slash questions and send them in. And so this first question, which we've had a few questions about, okay. is about the Imago Day. Okay. Okay. So specifically, what does it mean to be created in the image of God? All right. Yeah. So Imago Day means image of God. Uh, and... This is a, d- a distinct claim of Christianity, you know. Um, there's uh, when you th- look at the various worldviews uh, on tap today, um, there all of them will say something about what a human being is. All of them have an anthropology. So, for example, and according to a naturalist perspective, um, a human being is simply a highly evolved. Uh, being that uh, shares an ancestry with everything else. And so there's a degree to which and a very real sense in which, according to naturalism, where there's nothing distinct about us at all, except Mm -hmm. in terms of degree, we're smarter and more Mm -hmm. evolved. And so in that sense, though, we're not really unique or special. Uh, you could compare and contrast that view with what the Christian view would say about this. And on this view, basically, um, Christianity says that we, unlike any other part of creation, any other being within creation, we are at the very, you could say, pinnacle of creation in the sense that we, unlike the oceans or the stars or the plants or the animals or anything else like that, we bear the image of God in our being and mm-hmm. in our person. Now, when we talk about image bearer, uh, what we don't mean by that, that it's, a, it's a bit of a metaphor that the Christian mm-hmm. faith is using here. So when we talk about image bearing, typically that word image connotes something physiological, right? So a reflection mm-hmm. is an image. A shadow is an image. Um, a picture is an image in mm-hmm. some way. And so when we think, oh, we are in the image of God, our first tendencies will be to say that we look like God. In mm-hmm. fact, I can remember in college once doing a presentation on a philosophy class. I was so brand new to Christianity, <laughs> and I took up this topic. And I can remember talking about how we must look like God or something like that. Um, my professor was very quick to correct me that, uh, no, that can't be it, as God is himself not a physical being, of course. And so this doesn't mean that. Now, it is interesting. I will say sort of in my quick defense that Christ <laughs> takes on human flesh. and sure. you know, So he is the ultimate... Uh, human being. Um, so anyway, when we talk about image, this is a bit metaphorical, mm-hmm. right? So the Christian faith has understood this in at least two major ways. Uh, the first major way would be what we call an essentialist type of approach. And on this approach, basically, it's going to say, well, um, a human person bears the image of God because we, we have something in our nature, mm-hmm. right? There's something fixed, an essence, if you will, that we have that other things don't have. Mm-hmm. And that essence is that we are made for relationship with God. And they probably, in most cases, though that essence is described in cognitive ways. So, for example, they would talk about our cognitive abilities and the unique opportunities that those cognitive abilities afford to us. So, for example, you and I are smart enough and cognitive enough. We have a level of cognition unlike other creatures that render us capable of a relationship with God and communion with God. Mm -hmm. So that would be sort of roughly 
what the essentialist approach would say to that. There's another view taken up by, by theologians like John Calvin that would be what we call an, a relational view. Mm-hmm. And so in this one, it would, it would agree that, yes, you and I are the kinds of beings that have the ability to have a relationship with God, but image-bearing is found actually in that relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So if we're in proper relationship with God and communion with God, that image bears. Mm-hmm. Um, when sin is present and when we are uh, cut off from God, we're the, some would say within that camp, we no longer bear the image of God because like a lost person, for example. So roughly those are two different ways that the Christian faith has articulated this concept mm-hmm. of image bearing. I have to admit, and I look, I, I mean, I have no disrespect for uh, the way that Calvin goes with this, but I do have, I guess you could say, I've typically thought of this in more of the essentialist way. Uh, one, I mean, even, um, you know, they're post-fall, mm-hmm. and then by fall, if you're not familiar with what I mean by that, after Adam and Eve eat the fruit, mm-hmm. and the curses come upon creation, and lostness now prevails mm-hmm. throughout the world, I mean, the Bible still continues to talk about us in the likeness of God, and the image of God, and things like that. And so I'm, I'm inclined for that reason to think it's not per se lost like right. that. Right, so, so everybody has the image of God, not just Christians, it, 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 is what this It seems to me that say. there's something still about humanity uh-huh. that spiritually, cognitively, and every other way, really genuinely is still different, number one. Um, I, I also tend to think that even uh, even in lost folks, you still see. While you know, there's debate: can can lost people do good things? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got one side saying, of course they can, and then you got another side saying, no, they can't, because if they could do good things, then that would give them merit before God, and mm-hmm. we know that they don't get to heaven that way. But but I would say to that, well, of course you don't get to heaven through your good works. Right. So. Even if we grant that a lost person can do good deeds, it doesn't follow from that that they're actually gaining merit. Right. We know that God's currency and within His economy, it do, you don't pay your bills that way. It's not right? a meritocracy. That's right. Yeah. It's you, you come through grace and, and faith, and um, so um, so anyway, you, you have some that, that would say those types of things. I, I I'm inclined still to see this as something having to do with our essence, and so while I wouldn't, you know not trying to venture into the debate between can a lost person do anything good or not, what I would say is that even amongst lost people, you see shadows, mm-hmm. at least. You see faint reflections at times to varying degrees of the initial goodness that God creates and instills within the fabric of creation, and then specifically with lost people. Um, they're not doing anything that gives them any merit before God. The Bible's very clear that doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. But it does explain when someone that doesn't know Christ does something that's genuinely beautiful or genuinely valuable to us. Um, I think we see mm-hmm. that because there's this shadow of the image that's still there. So I tend to think of it in terms of, uh, of essential uh, mm-hmm. ways. Um, now, having said that, I'm not content that the standard essentialist ways of thinking about the image are robust enough. Mm. So what I mean by that is that when you hear somebody within the essentialist camp talk about this image of God, they're going to tend to talk about these cognitive uh, abilities that render it possible for us to have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's it, it's at least that, mm-hmm. but I think it's got to be more than that, right? I mean, so there's this when, – when God says about us, human beings, let us make them in our image, male and female – seems to be suggesting to us that these these creatures are going to be very different mm-hmm. from the rest of creation and they're well they're going to be like us in certain ways. Yeah. 
So would that explain our cognitive, our superior and advanced cognitive abilities compared to the rest of creation? Absolutely. But wouldn't that explain a whole bunch of other things where we are also different from the rest of creation? So for example, here's just one example, and we could probably think of many examples Mm -hmm. of this. What about our creative uh, capacities and abilities? Mm -hmm. It's interesting to me that this statement about our likeness to God or our bearing in the image of God is also found in a part of Scripture where the overwhelming theme is God is the creator. Mm -hmm. And then he creates man, puts him in a garden to tend the ground and cultivate the ground. And there's a sense in which as man cultivates, there's a stewardship component of Mm -hmm. that. But there's also a creative component component to that. There's our creative abilities are not creation ex nihilo out of nothing, mm-hmm. right? Like God's is. God when he makes something, he made it from nothing. That mm-hmm. the stuff, the material did not yet exist. Mm-hmm. And that's how he makes. Mm-hmm. We can't do that. Mm-hmm. He makes a world, now there's material stuff, and from that material stuff, we can bring into existence new things mm-hmm. from the stuff that already exists. So ours is not a creation ex nihilo. But there's still a creative component to that. There's mm-hmm. still a sense in which when Adam and Eve till the ground and work the ground and cultivate it, cultivation entails not just stewardship but also creation. And I think this explains a lot about us in comparison to the rest of animal kingdom and other things. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, dogs don't, don't create things, right? right. Um, some primates may be able to take a femur bone and figure mm-hmm. out how to use it as a hammer, mm-hmm. but that's a very, very low Primitive. level. Yeah. But yeah. we have the ability to, you know, think about the things we create. We create airplanes and yeah. po- write poetry and sing songs. We, as creatures, we are just astoundingly creative. Mm-hmm. Where does that come from? I think it comes from the fact that we are like him mm-hmm. in some lower way. And just I'll just say this real quick. Theologians of old, we don't tend to do this now. Theologians don't. But there was once it was very popular for theologians to, to distinguish in God's attributes what they would call communicable attributes and mm-hmm. incommunicable attributes, mm-hmm. uh, which is to say he, he has his, communi- his incommunicable attributes are attributes that God bears that only God can bear. Mm-hmm. We could never bear those. Mm-hmm. So, for example, immutability. Mm-hmm. God does not change. Well, we do change, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we don't bear that attribute. But then there are other attributes that God has that are what we call communicable or that we would have called them communicable. And what that means is they can be communicated to us in such a way or shared with us in a certain to a certain degree. So, for example, righteousness. God is righteous, uh, and he is that supremely, perfectly. Mm-hmm. We can become righteous in Christ, uh, and our lives can bear out a righteousness, but ours is nowhere near the comparison mm-hmm. to God. So the communicable ones would be things where we share it to some degree, some very small degree, but we clearly get it from Him. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me being an image bearer gives us, makes us the kinds of beings that make it possible mm-hmm. for those types of divine attributes to be shared in us to some small degree as well. Yeah. I think also, too, and something that you kind of touched on briefly was that by being image bearers, we have value. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and it kind of really speaks to like um, just the value of people in general. Mm-hmm. Um, animals are valu- valuable and sure. plants are valuable and sure. the environment's valuable and all these kinds of things, but there's something special 
yeah about us yeah so i mean anything i mean just start with the 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 consider the logic of this if god made it then there is an intrinsic value into it period for right? sure i mean surely we would not want to say of something that god made that it's useless or valueless i mean i think that's kind of an indictment on the triune god if right. we say that so if it has being Mm-hmm. Interestingly, Thomas Aquinas takes up this question in a related way. He's asked the question, you know, in the Summa Theologica, he's he's dealing with all these mm-hmm. very fine-tuned questions. And Thomas takes up the question as to whether or not there's any goodness in Satan. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to my students' shock and horror, he answers yes. It's not a moral goodness. It's, and so he's very clear. It doesn't mean that he thinks Satan makes good decisions or has, you know, at the end of the day, he's really just a good guy. Just, just misunderstood. Mis- <laughs> misunderstood or misguided. No, he, he absolutely discounts any of that at all. But what he says is, is that even Satan still has existence. He still has being. Mm-hmm. And by virtue of the fact that he exists and has being, being comes from, is God himself is being and being flows from God. And so in, to the degree to which he still has existence, then there is still something basically right about that because that can only come from God. So roughly, if it exists, if, if it has being, then you know, there's, there is an intrinsic divine uh, value to that. But there's also seems to be a hierarchy to creation mm-hmm. as well, right? So there seems to be um, things that take greater value. Mm-hmm. And when you read the Genesis 1 account and then followed by Genesis 2, uh, you cannot read that and walk away with any other impression mm-hmm. other than that of all of the grandiose things that God made and the beautiful things that God made. At the end of it all, human beings are particularly special and particularly valuable Mm -hmm. because these and only these does God say about them, and these reflect me Mm -hmm. in a specific way. So there is an intrinsic value uh, of greatest worth of creation seems in human beings. Yes. Excellent. Well, that's really helpful. For everybody listening, if you have questions about this or if there's a specific point you want to follow up on, shoot us a message at jamiedew.com slash questions, and we'll throw it in the queue uh, and look at it. It'll be lots of fun. All right. Thanks, Jamie. Hey, everybody. This is Jamie and Joe again. If you like this podcast, would you leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts? That helps other people find it. And if you have any questions, we'd love to hear about them. Just go to jamiedew.com slash questions and send them in that way. And we'll take a look at the most frequently asked questions and give them a shot.